Welcome to the International Career Couples Podcast. This is your host, Kate Galloway. As an expat, now a repat, and a coach, I hope this podcast helps expat couples who want to align and grow both their careers. Drawing from the experience of international career couples and experts, we aim to explore how expat couples can work as a team to understand and balance their personal and professional goals while living on the move. In this episode, I'm speaking with Kathy Boris Siddiqui. Kathy has lived in four countries and on two continents. Growing up as an immigrant and a cross-cultural kid, she was able to discover a multicultural world that shaped her into the person that she is today. As an adult, she's been a repat as well as an expat and is well adapted to changes and opportunities that life abroad offers. When she least expected it, she met her Danish husband and once again packed up her life and set off to live happily ever after in the land of Vikings. Kathy has been able to combine her passion and profession as an intercultural trainer, owner and founder of Active Action, public speaker and facilitator. Now, it's not surprising that with all of that experience and um, specialisation, there's a lot to learn from this episode. Kathy is able to talk about what it's like to be um, to, to move to Denmark, but also apply those learnings to other situations, to other assignments around the world. She talks about getting involved, how expats have to take initiative, how as couples we have to be honest with each other, have a strategy. Um, this seems to come up quite a lot over the podcast episodes is how, how are we planning this? How are we having a strategy? How are we sharing our feelings? How are we talking about our needs? She also talks about the importance of well-being and having a well-being strategy to do something for yourself each day. In all these ways, our experience as expats as an international career couples can be enhanced. And I really hope that you enjoy the learnings from this episode. Hi, Kathy. It's lovely to see you. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much, Kate. Lovely to be here. I'm very excited. Yeah, me too. We were just talking off the recording for a minute about some of the things that we're going to cover in this podcast. And I'm really excited to get into um, well-being, what people can do as a couple to try and it's not just about making the couple work, but about how that then impacts your professional life as well. So um, yes. along with all the other things that you do, that you can introduce us to in a moment. I'm really excited to speak with you. Um, yes. So thanks for coming on. But do you want to give us a bit of a placement? I was having a look in your um, website and we'll put all of the details in the show notes about how people can get in contact with you. But you've been in two continents, four countries and eight cities. So I wonder yes. if you maybe just wanted to give us a bit of an introduction to yourself and what you do. Sure. I'm happy to do that. Um, so I would say that probably if someone asked me where I'm from, that is uh, definitely a question that is difficult. I always say that I was born in Poland, but I have lived in Germany. I have lived in the United States and um, I repatriated to Poland where um, I studied and um, started a business. So my background is in cultural studies in language communication and translation. And um, I was working first a uh, long time ago with English, corporate English, and, and then um, after moving to Denmark, so that's the next country, and I started working with intercultural awareness, communication, 
and uh, really focusing on the internationals um, that were living here in Denmark. When I moved to Denmark, it was 12 years ago. There were no international communities. There was basically no support for the internationals living here. The only place where people could find each other and connect was in language school. So there was a huge need to build these uh, support groups, sort of say, also socially, but also for people to understand what they were going through with cultural adjustment phases and what is happening and how come I'm feeling like this and how do I find um, this balance of living in, in this Nordic country. So that sparked my interest and I started building my business that is focused on the internationals, uh, highly skilled internationals coming into Denmark. I work with retention. So I work with businesses, with universities, with municipalities, and of course, with the internationals themselves. Um, I have a very soft spot for the spouses and partners. Um, that's who I was when I came to Denmark, and I know how difficult it can be. And um, I also focus on them. And um, here we do workshops, uh, talks, um, and also consulting. And my workshops vary. So I work with, as I mentioned, intercultural awareness communication. I work also with the professional side. That's personal branding, networking, using LinkedIn, how to network in Denmark so that you can make connections if you choose to have a professional life as a spouse and partner. And then I also work with well-being. So um, I have three pillars, uh, sort of say, and three different groups. Sometimes they mesh together. Sometimes we do things uh, separately. But uh, that is my everyday life passion that I get to call work. Wow. And there's a, a lot in there and all it's all sparking my <laughs> interest as well. You, something that just really jumped out at me there is you said how to network in Denmark. And I'm wondering if you might be able to talk just a little, I suppose, um, in a broader sense, just what that yes. means. So when you're going to another country and you think, oh, I need to expand my network, what, what kind of things do you think people need to be thinking about? I think we all know that when we're internationals or expats, uh, we need to be good at networking. We need to be good at connecting with people. And uh, that is how we build up, uh, you know, our social network, our professional network. But what I find specific to Denmark is that uh, networking is key. So most things, when you look at your professional life, go through networking. And people sometimes get shocked by that because they think, okay, Denmark is such a such a law-abiding country. But the fact is that a lot of jobs that are posted often are already taken uh, because of networking. So someone has referred someone, and of course, the job has to be posted, but it doesn't necessarily mean that the opportunities are equal for all. So building a network in your niche, sort of say, in your interest uh, of your career interest is very, very important. And this also means that when we network in Denmark, we do it now online, we do it through LinkedIn, we also do it through conferences and various meetups. Um, but the fact is that it does take quite a long time. Denmark and Danes are very focused on trust. Trust is very important to us. And so actually having the idea that this person is the right fit, for example, for someone that I know, uh, would take a long time for me to recommend someone uh, because it's my brand. It's also my name that I'm putting forward. And 
taking this person and recommending them to my network. So all of this takes a long time. And I think a lot of times internationals are a little bit impatient and sometimes get really frustrated. How come things are not moving faster? Um, so this is one of the big things with the networking that might seem maybe not so different, but I find it that that it is something that sticks out a bit, that the trust factor is huge. Uh, people are willing to help you, but they might not help you as quickly as as they would in other countries because of that. And that uh, that's one of the things that you might not necessarily understand for quite a long time when you get into a country, unless you're working with somebody like you that's able to ex- explain how what the lie of the land is and in each different country that's going to work slightly yeah. differently as well I mean certainly in Dubai people would always say it's all about who you know yeah which is great when you know people exactly. but when you don't know people it also um, somebody said to me there's a lot of low-hanging fruit in Dubai so that th- th- there's already a great sort of network when you arrive there's lots of different things that you can go and join from a professional um, perspective different groups yeah but yeah, if you don't know what you don't know until you know it and then go, yeah. oh, right, that's why it took a while. From a professional point of view, I suppose that's one of the things where people can get it a little bit wrong quite early on. Yeah. If they're too, well, maybe maybe it's the wrong term, but if they're too eager or they're getting frustrated that this isn't happening the way that I want it to in the office or certainly when we, we lived in Houston, everybody was so friendly and welcoming. But it wasn't until a while that somebody said to me, you know, it's going to take a long time until you get inside. So I I would find that quite kind of strange that people would say, oh, you should come over sometime in in the office. And I'd be like, oh, that would be wonderful. Great. Thanks so much. But then there wouldn't be an invitation afterwards. And I (laughs) find that really confusing. I didn't understand what I was doing. I I was a bit more kind of black and white. You said you're going to invite us around. So, but eventually somebody explained to me that that that's how it works in Houston um but networking would be very much going around to people's homes okay you know, from a professional point of view there would be kind of work parties and in, in in people's homes and kind of families doing things together very family oriented whereas in the UK you wouldn't get that so much no you um, don't get that in Denmark so all the networking is outside um, it would be networking groups. It would be in uh, you know meetings or conferences. The home is a very private sphere. That is another element where a lot of internationals get very surprised because inviting someone to your home, work colleagues, this happens very rarely. Um, work is work. Uh, so that's one sphere. And then people go home and it's not common to invite your colleagues to your home. It's also not very common to have, uh, you know, go out for drinks after work. There's something that is called Friday Bar that companies uh, facilitate. And um, you can hang around on Fridays, for example, after work and socialize with your colleagues. But again, it's in the sphere of the workplace. um, And that's where it stops. So everyone is very kind of clear about this is this is work. This is home, family and friends. And often, you know, internationals get shocked by the fact that Danes, they feel that Danes are not so open to new relationships, which at times they're not. They, and they will clearly say, I have all the friends that I need. Um, and so I'm not looking for 
cultivating and establishing new relationships. Uh, we're good at work or, you know, we have a good relationship, but I'm not looking to take this further um, to, to be friends. So this is confusing also to a lot of internationals. And we often hear that people complain and say it's a difficult country to kind of find your way in to be able to have Danish friends. Um, it's not so easy. What works for a lot of people is joining activities after work. So different clubs, different associations. Um, there you can find people that you have a common interest. This is a huge thing in Denmark. If you have a common thread, it's much easier to establish more of a social or a relationship that is not always professional. So that's also part of networking, being able to read between the lines and seeing what we have in common so that people open up more and maybe a bit faster than if you just kind of, you know, called call or cold reach out and say, this is what I do. Can we have a coffee? If there's nothing that links us, it's going to be difficult. So interesting to hear from that perspective. And what, what would you, you recommend then to say a couple's moving Denmark or another country? How would you say that people go about finding out the lie of the land, how it works? I think the more involved you are, uh, and I reference to Denmark again, and it's most of the Nordic countries, it, there's a big um, emphasis on taking initiative. So being the ones to take the lead. And then people are very willing to, you know, speak to you, to help you out. But if they don't see that it's you taking the initiative, forget it. You can wait a very long time for people to come to you. It will not happen. So I would say get involved in um, as many clubs or activities as you can and that are interesting to you. And that, for example, are somehow aligned also with your profession. So what we have is uh, this is uh, this is all over the world is PWN. So the Professional Women's Network, for example, um, is a place where it is connected to the profession. So even women who are not working yet or are thinking of starting a business or are just starting out um, women in corporations, it's a huge mix. Um, so this is more for the female um, join such a group. You know, you can easily have very interesting events. You can meet a lot of people. You can network. Um, this group, um, I think, is wonderful. For example, we have it in Copenhagen, and it's great. And the women are very willing to also be open and share and talk about how they, you know, what happened to them in their professional um, career. And also friendships are established. So finding these kinds of groups, finding also, you know, any kind of sport or or leisure uh, where you think this is something interesting for me, because also a lot of professional networking goes on in such groups. Um, so we have uh, running in Denmark, we have cycling, you often see cycling uh, groups, uh, sometimes they're from corporations, sometimes they are mixed. So often you see a lot of middle aged men cycling i live by the water as well so so cycling up and down uh, by the waterfront um on the weekends and when they zoom past you you actually hear a lot of times they're also talking business so it's it's finding kind of your own you know niche and finding what you like and what you like to do and then jumping into that um and that will definitely make things easier if you have kids Schools are also the place where you can meet people um, and where you can, um, a lot of times those are the social um, circles where people find 
obviously people through their their kids uh, and and connect to one another so if if you have children that's also a good place we see that very often if you don't then i would uh, again highlight the professional networking groups clubs um, and social um, networks as well there are so many now right i mean if we can google them and we just find there are so many different ones depending on what it is that fits with you and makes you feel comfortable um it really stands out there to me the word um taking the initiative and i think that's yes. so true when you're when you're an expat at any stage of your expat life is that you need to be in action um and for your career you need to do that as well so that rather than waiting for somebody to come to you Quite often I speak to people and it's you know they're waiting for the company to tell them where they're yeah. going next. But actually be more in action, take more initiative, speak to the people. You know, I'll often say, you know, who is it that you know that is responsible for careers in your company and, and what's your relationship like with them? Yeah, exactly. Because they'll they'll be the influencers. How how do you or do you understand who it is that needs to sponsor you for this move? Yes. How does that how does that work within your organization? I suppose you're saying there, you know, that each country will do that differently. Each organization does that differently. Um, yeah. So we need to find a way of understanding it. Exactly. And also, I think being really honest, you know, because I've talked to people who were offered um, locations where they thought wonderful, but I would have done that when I was alone, uh, single um, now having a family, this is not the right place for me. So sometimes people feel that maybe they shouldn't say that. But I think to have a successful relocation, we need to be honest from the beginning. We need to say, you know, this is a great opportunity. I love this, but I don't think this will work for me with the family dynamic that we have. Um so, and I think, of course, it depends on the company as well and who we're talking to. But most of the time, I think it's appreciated because they realize, well, thank you so much for letting us know ahead of time, instead of us taking, you know, all this, uh, all these means to relocate and then having you say three months later, nope, not working, we need to come back or go to a different place. So I think that's important to highlight as well. What What do you see as the biggest challenges that I suppose that particularly for this podcast, we're interested in couples that are moving together, but yeah. you can speak generally as well. The biggest challenges that people find when they're professionally, when they move. I think the biggest challenge is probably if we have a couple where only one has a secured uh, employment place. And so they're coming, one is already set and the other one, is going to be looking or is in the process of finding the right position for themselves. I think this can be tricky. It can also be very frustrating. And um, it's really important to understand the place that you're coming into to prepare yourself ahead of time to really hit the ground running. Because then what we see that, you know, all of this uh, relocation and getting people settled, um, all of this comes to the front and um, the person finds themselves very frustrated because they feel that their time is being taken over by all these practical things. And by the time they get everyone settled, they feel that so much time has passed that they could have maybe used in a different way or already started uh, networking and, and finding potential employers. Or if they're starting their own business, they could have been working on that. So I think it's important to communicate with one another to really say, okay, you know, if you are the one going in, to the job and I'm still looking, 
we need to really have a strategy how we're going to make this work so that we don't have one person frustrated, upset, because it will affect the whole family. We know this. Um, And it's really, really important. So kind of looking into the future. And I think for a lot of couples who have done this before, they know. And they know what works, what doesn't work. They know when they get frustrated. They know, you know, what pushes their buttons if they're in that more vulnerable situation. For couples that are starting this uh, this kind of life or this is the first time, then I highlight that even more so. It's very important to talk about what it is that I need. It can be difficult in the beginning if we're not sure. But just to be open about your feelings and make sure that you're taking the time to have these conversations even daily. You know, um, yesterday was frustrating for me because this and this happened. I need a little bit more support with this and this, um, you know, because I'm working on on setting up my network or I'm I'm going to a lot of coffee meetings. Um, so communication, I would say, is key. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I completely agree with that. There's something in there around I don't, when you're talking about people doing it for the first time, you don't understand how your identity gets yeah. impacted when you move. Um, because you're still the same person you've still got the same makeup and the same brain and what have Mm -hmm. you but you're in a completely different place intercultural things going on I I remember moving to Houston and I I I kind of thought oh this will be easy because I think I mean really ignorantly from my point of view I felt like I knew it I felt like I understood American culture because we've seen it on TV and I, you know, I, 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 it was really quite ignorantly but it was the first time we did it we didn't know what we didn't know and it was only after we got in you know improperly that I was like oh actually this is so different and not only just you know um, Houstonian culture is completely different you know from the rest of Texas the rest of Texas is different from the rest of the United States <laughs> Sounds really so obvious now, but I didn't get it at the time. And from a professional point of view, I was I was very lucky in that I I had a job, a consultancy job that was sort of lined up because I knew people, my network. Yeah. I and I hadn't appreciated that at the time. In my home country, I had inadvertently built an international network, including Houston, so that when we knew that we were going, there was somebody that I can get in contact with and say, oh hey. I'm coming. I'd love to meet you for a coffee. And they wrote back and said, I'm going on maternity leave. Could you cover it for me? So it was so lucky. It was so, so um, serendipitous almost. But it's actually, it's not just your network when you get there, but when you're in your home country and thinking, I think we'd like to have an international move. Well, actually, who are the people that you could know that might be able to help at some point? So yeah, but, but going back to identity, you don't understand how much that's going to be impacted until you actually get there and then to be able to explain what's going on for you and for that to be happening potentially in two different companies maybe the same company but it could be that you're in two different companies and so Mm -hmm. you're trying to fit yourself into a new culture that might feel quite similar if it's a company you've worked with before so the branding and what have you feels the same but you're still in a completely different country totally so very very confusing to understand what's going on for you if it's the first time that it's ever happened or to be going oh I remember this stage yeah this is the bit that's not quite so comfortable for me yes to understand it yeah 
I, I think you're completely correct. I mean, there are, I would say there are three different things. One, which I didn't mention also for the couple, is making sure that you're taking care of yourself. Uh, we talked a little bit about that, the well-being part. Yeah, I'd love so, to hear more about what you do on well-being. Yeah. I'll tell you in one second, but making sure that you have something that you have just for yourself, that you're doing for yourself. And again, it doesn't have to be anything huge like training for a, for a marathon. It could be as simple as making sure that you keep on practicing if you do a meditation in the morning or you have a cup of coffee looking outside the window or if it's journaling. So making sure that you're keeping up with something that you have been doing on a regular basis. This grounds us. This brings us balance even when life feels a little bit hectic and change is occurring. So this is also key. Um, And it also validates you as you because you still feel like yourself, which ties into what you were saying with the intercultural change and us feeling, wow, okay, this is very different from what I know. Um, And two things here, if you are not yet hired, I think it can be very, it has a huge impact when we move and we don't have a job yet. If we are obviously career oriented couple, it makes us feel I'm willing to say this from my own experience and the the people I have talked to, it makes us feel a little bit less than that we're not contributing in the same way. Um, so what has happened? You know, I went from being an equal partner in the relationship, in the household, as a professional, as me, uh, to someone now who's unemployed. Uh, but I'm unemployed in a new country with a new language, with a new culture, with a new work ethic. Um And worst case scenario, let's say without a network. Um, So this is very difficult. And it can also impact the couple dynamic, right? Because we have one who has stepped off the airplane or train and has jumped into a new role. Well, yes, there are challenges there, but they are kind of continuing in the mode they were in, right? They, They have that balance. And we have one who feels, you know, my life has been turned upside down, um, and this is really difficult, what's happening, I don't feel as happy or joyful or well as I did before. And that can impact, of course, also the relocation. So here it's important that we have the network, we have the well-being, um, and that we are being active and taking that initiative. Absolutely. Do you want to tell us a little (laughs) bit more about well-being and how that can impact kind of careers and, and the couple in the career? Yes. I mean, we're seeing nowadays after Corona, or I don't know if it's after, I mean, we're still in it, right? Um, but it's it's kind of we're easing into that life now, that well-being has become a huge topic at work. Um, it has become a huge topic that we actually address now publicly. It's not something that's hidden uh, and taboo. So we're seeing companies taking initiative. We're seeing companies uh, looking at how they can support their employees, um, their leadership uh, teams in this um, endeavor. But I think we're also seeing that people have realized this is really important for life. Uh, We need to take care of ourselves, of each other. How do we do that? And so well-being you know, well-being as I work with it can be a lot of different things. Um, I think people sometimes think yoga or uh, meditation or, you know, going to a spa because those are the stereotypes that we've had in our head. Well-being is really anything that you do for yourself to feel well, to be well. And here it's, you know, 
the sky's the limit. Um, it really depends on your own personality, on who you are, what you like to do, what makes you feel well. So there are no boundaries, in my opinion. It's just about raising the awareness um, and making sure that people realize that they should be doing something for themselves each and every day. Um, so we can, as I said before, it can be something that takes 10 minutes. It can be something that takes an hour. Um, so it depends on your schedule, depends on your time. But if you make sure that each day you check in with yourself and you ask yourself, you know, how do I feel today? And you answer that question honestly. And then you ask yourself, well, how come? I feel like this so that you also find the reasons behind it, because once you do that, your awareness is there, you're acknowledging the reasons for the feeling, and then you can take the action. And I think a lot of times we skip over, well, I don't feel so great. Um, I need to do something. But if we don't have that underlying reason, well, how come I'm feeling like this? It's difficult to make a change. Change in general for us is, is difficult. We're habitual beings we like things to stay kind of the way they are that makes us feel comfortable so any kind of change is a bit of discomfort um but with well-being it's important to recognize our needs yeah absolutely and as you're saying to do it every day and to every day what it is that you actually need how from a professional point of view how does that benefit people do you think have that kind of focus yeah we see huge benefits. So, um, you know, taking a little bit of time, uh, taking a walk or doing a meditation or stretching um, any kind of physical activity. I like physical activity. I also highlight that definitely impacts us in a very positive way. So our concentration is better. Our um, energy levels are higher. Um, and in this time that we're in currently where, you know, we don't have so much sunlight, for example, getting outside even for 15 minutes and having the daylight will impact our brain, will impact our health. Um, our immune system. Um, so we're also less likely to get sick if we are exercising or having any kind of activity specifically outside um, that has huge benefits. Um, so we will be able to work better, to socialize better, to focus better, to have more energy also for our family um, after work if we incorporate well-being. Um, our mood is also enhanced by that, right? If we are doing something that we like just for ourselves, we will most likely feel happier, more joyful. Um, so it has many benefits. You know, well-being is also eating well and good food. So if you're looking at that, um, then again, you will be nourishing your body from the inside and that reflects the outside. So if you're eating good food that is filled with, you know, vitamins and minerals and, and is clean food, you will also have more energy, you will get less sick. So all of these things, it's basically all of that. Less illness, <laughs> more energy, uh, better immune system, better concentration, um, period, right? That's that's what we see. Yeah. Um, it's really making me think as well that those um, first sort of three to six months, quite often when you're in transition, perhaps family is following, somebody's gone ahead of time, you, um, I don't know, living in hotels or apartments instead of a home, you don't have your own things. It's so easy and I'm speaking from experience of the last few months, it's so easy just to lose yeah. um, kind of routine and good eating habits and things like that. And mm -hmm. I think for the person, that, um, if, if one of you is going first or the, the couple starting in new roles, it's that whole, you know, we need to impress, we need to kind of make our mark here, we need to let 
it'd be knowing that people might be working a little bit longer hours mm -hmm. you're feeling a bit more stressed because everything's new anyway um so it's to take in that all into account which you would have starting any new job but if both of you are doing that at the same time or as you've described one person is kind of taking the responsibility of project managing the move and and is then looking at getting into the workforce there's just so much additional complexity and potential pressure that's there so to have a well-being strategy within your move strategy is so important yes so so important but you know i think in the end when we really look at it and of, of course it depends on the country but i'm looking for the from the perspective of the nordics we put this pressure on ourselves um and and we create this because really um denmark has become known for you know we we i go away from the work life balance because uh, there's a great danish philosopher morten albeck who has a book uh, one life and uh, i have no affiliation with that at all but it's something i've read and it really speaks to me because he says there's no such thing as work life balance um if you really look at it it's life balance we're one and the same person so we there are no two of us it's not a work person and a life person it's life that you know we have work in it we have family in it we have our social part in it so it's all one and we are very good at that we are very good at making sure that we have that balance but it's also misleading because we've had a lot of couples that come and you know all of a sudden we find one of them saying but we came for this life balance and now he or she is working really late so it doesn't seem to be any different from what it was in i don't know any other country and so there's also this misconception of Denmark, for example, of being this hub of of living well and you know leaving the office at four. It depends on your position and what you do and what company you are in. So in some places you won't have that. In some companies, yes, you will, and and people leave at four o'clock and they go pick up their kids. But we also have to be realistic about you know which company we're working for. What is our position? coming into that company, what is expected of us, and also having dialogues, as you said, the people who are responsible for hiring us and, and making sure that ahead of time we know that this is not a surprise to the family, that once we're here and once we're settled, all of a sudden we see that it's not really different from life that we had previously, and this was the reason for our coming here, right? It's really, really interesting, isn't it? Um, I think we're talking a little bit about um, expectations and perceptions Mm -hmm. here that people will hold and again it's about how do you go about knowing more getting into the place of a bit more knowing so that you can make informed decisions for yourself and your family and having done it before helps I'm just thinking about our own experience just now where what's happened is we've moved home my husband's now working away five days a week which we've never done before and I don't think we really realized how much we were like oh you know it'll just be it would be for the first month actually it's been for three months because he's got a manager that wants him to be there a little bit more he's proving himself he's so it, it, you know, yeah. I understand that who doesn't understand that is the kids and what didn't understand that is my business and how it yeah. would be impacted so there's been a lot of kind of readjustment going on little moves mm -hmm. to try and make that work better for us yeah um, yeah, I'm not quite sure that we've got there, but we're trying. <laughs> <laughs> we're, we're sure trying. 
But that's the thing, right? It's so much of, it doesn't always work the same depending on where we're moving to, that we might have a strategy or or a system sort of say in place, but then we get to a new country and it doesn't really work that way. Um, so we have to find the new ways, which I always think is, you know, highlighting the international skills is, is that being so resilient, being so adaptable, being so innovative, um, where a lot of couples or individuals will also highlight that in their professional life, that leading this kind of life are a lot of our skills can be put to use not only in, in private life, but also in professional life that we come with this because we've done this and we have this way about, okay, how do I solve this issue, right? How am I going to make this work? Uh, because there's always something new when we come to a new place. Uh, some things, yes, we can replicate easily, but I think we often find ourselves surprised by something that, oh, okay, this is very new, very different. Yeah. Certain words that I've written down as we've been talking about being taking initiative, honesty, communication, how to prepare ourselves, having a well-being strategy, taking care of ourselves, being innovative, leading, sort of leading our own lives, leading our own professional life, or having as much influence on it as possible. Because I know that yeah. you can't always write your own career path, but you can influence it or try to influence it. Um, really, really interesting words and or key words to think about when we're managing our international careers. Um, we're coming towards the end of our time together, but, but while we were off off um, audio or off recording yeah. earlier, you mentioned some of the things that you and your husband do that yeah. sort of make things work. I'm wondering if you would mind sharing those. Of course, I'm happy to share that. Um so the first thing I said to you is that communication is really key. So we communicate a lot about our work. Um, we are uh, entrepreneurs, freelancers, consultants. So we talk to each other. We, we spar with each other. Um, we're supportive of each other's careers. But communication is really important so that we can establish our needs and our wants and um, how we can work together. That was the other thing. We have a very much team um, um teamwork mindset so that our family and our life functions well. So we pick up the pieces often. So if one is out and has a day of meetings and can't, you know, get the groceries and can't pick up, uh, do the school pickup, the other one always manages to do so. So we set our schedules and our calendars so that it works for both of us. I know that not everyone has that luxury, I would say that sometimes we have one partner that is in corporate, the other one might have their own business, or we have two people in corporate. Um, so there the dynamic might be different. But I would still say communicating, having the teamwork uh, spirit, aligning your calendars, you mentioned that you had a guest already who mentioned this, we have a, a shared calendar. And usually every two to three weeks, we sit down, we take some time and we go over our schedules. We go over the weeks to see, okay, who needs to maybe, you know, take action here, pick up uh, little bits so that we're not surprised by that. So that's kind of set in motion before it even happens. We're aware, we're aligned, we have communicated. 
Um, we also have fun together. So we make sure that there's time aligned for that as a family. And then I said to you that we also make sure we have time with each other. So my husband and I, that we have some time just for us. Um, and for us, it could be, you know, going for a run together or having a coffee together somewhere during the day. It's not necessarily always a, an evening date um, because it's difficult, um, depending on where you live, um, depending on if you have family or friends, someone who can jump in. Sometimes you won't have that. So it's also taking the initiative and being a little bit innovative. How can we find that time? Because it's so important um, so that you don't find yourself resenting each other or feeling, you know, a bit neglected or feeling that you're not being heard, you're not being seen. Um, so even if it is 15, 20 minutes, it doesn't have to be such a big deal as a as a date night, right? But just that connection, um, finding time for each other. So it reminded me of um, a very successful couple that I met years and years and years ago, actually. And they, I think my friends and I were all kind of fairly early in relationships and early in career. And what they did is they had a set coffee date every day. So seven o'clock, we're in the kitchen and we're having coffee date before mm -hmm. the day happens. Um, they would make sure they had that protected time with each other. Um, yeah. And it just kept them close. Um, it, yeah. was, it was their time, their special time together. Most so, yeah, definitely. How do, how do we do that? Just one more thing I would say, yeah. you know, with my business, I started my business in my 40s here in Denmark. Mm -hmm. And I started the business with working with internationals where people told me this would never work. So I think because they said, oh, it's a nice to have is not a must have, uh, you know, for companies or that that won't work. People won't want to pay for such a thing. And I think if it's something that you really believe in and if you get a chance even to start a new career somewhere along your path, I think it's really great to go with that, go with your gut feeling and see what happens, because I think we're blessed as internationals that we get to. It can sometimes feel really overwhelming, but we actually get to do a lot of different things in our life because of the lifestyle that we lead. And so we do get opportunities to sometimes do something totally different. And if it's something that you've been wanting to do, I think you should go for it. Yeah, lovely. Yeah, take good and use all of those skills, the innovation, the problem solving, the newness, take that yes. and, and do something. And that, I think that can even be if you're in corporate and, and kind of moving, actually, what is there that's different? You speak to lots of internationals who pick up a new sport or do something completely different because they just have got the opportunity. Exactly. Yeah. And that feeds into all the things about networking that you said earlier on mm -hmm. in terms of who you might meet that you wouldn't have met yeah. previously. Yeah, absolutely. Exactly. Happy, it's been so lovely to speak with you. If people want to kind of find out more um, or get in contact with you, what's the best way for people to find you? We'll put some well, we've been as well. Yes, we've been speaking about the professional life. So I would say LinkedIn. Uh, we're huge advocates of LinkedIn here in Denmark. So mm -hmm. you can find me on LinkedIn, Kathy Boris Siddiqui. I'm always very happy to connect with people. I'm happy to network. So you can find me there. You can also find my website, uh, which is www.activeaction.dk. Mm -hmm. um, so um, there's more about my services, what I do and, um, and what kind of work I do there. So it's more in-depth information. And uh, yeah, so those would be the two yeah. good places to reach out and find me. Wonderful. And we'll make sure we put those in the show notes as well. It's been fascinating to speak to you. Loads and loads of different ideas that I think people can put into 
action there as well. So thanks so much for taking the time. Thank you so much to the listeners. And thank you, Kate, for having me. It's been a real pleasure. Wasn't there a lot in that episode to learn from? Key things that I'm taking away from that is to take initiative as a couple, to be honest with each other, to have a strategy. And really key is to take care of our well-being, even if that means having one thing a day that is to take care of ourselves and our couple. Do head over to my website, www.kategallowaycoaching.com to catch any other episodes that you might have missed. You can also follow me or get in contact via social media channels on Instagram, LinkedIn and Facebook. I'd love to hear from you about your own international career couple story and to find out what you'd like to hear about on the podcast.